Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. This series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Jalyn Schulte-Wall, and I will be your host today. Uh, today, we are lucky enough to be sitting down with Frey Lake and Joe Mackey. Ray is the Corporate Director of Pharmacy Operations for MedStar Health, and Joe is the Vice President of Pharmacy for Novant Health. And before we kind of jump into our larger discussion of preparations for the new DSCSA, which is the Drug Supply Chain and Security Act 2023 requirements, I'll give a little bit of, of detail about the law in case folks have kind of let this slide to the bottom of their priority pile. So um, as everyone might be aware, this stemmed from a law following the New England compounding um, disaster back in 2015. There were two pieces of law. One was the compounding revamp, and the other one was track and trace. And the idea here was that you were going to have a full trackable system where you could track things from uh, known uh trading partners throughout the system from the top of the system with the manufacturers down to the bottom with the dispensers. And so that's kind of what the idea was. It's been a lot more complicated to implement that in practice, obviously. And so for dispensers, it's worth noting here, dispensers is a fairly broad group. It includes hospital pharmacies. It includes retail pharmacies and chain pharmacies, independent pharmacies. Um, it, it, has there some kind of nits and nats you get into when you talk about um, dispensing between pharmacies? And that's kind of outside of the scope for today. That's a kind of a larger compliance question. But just in general, if you are a pharmacy, you are probably going to be subject to the DSCSA requirements in 2023. So up to this point, you probably have been in the process of implementing this. So you, you need to be trading with authorized trading partners only. Um, and that includes everyone in the supply chain. So it's the manufacturers, the wholesalers, distributors, and then dispensers. Those are kind of the key, the three key folks that FDA is looking at. And then we are now right up at the end of implementation. So this process started a long time ago, and we are now looking at the November 27th, 2023 legislative implementation date. And the reason this is important is because this date is actually in statute. Um, that means that FDA has some very limited enforcement um, discretion at at their fingertips if they don't want to, if they don't think everything's going to be able to be implemented right on time, they have a little wiggle room, but not much because Congress told them when this had to be done. And so we are now moving into a space where we should be getting ready for a full trackable system in November of 2023. So I imagine some of the folks on this call are now thinking I probably need to do some checking in with my compliance team on where we are. And that is why we have Ray and Joe here today. So I'm going to turn it to the experts. Um, so Ray and Joe, as we look back over the last five years um, around DSCSA, there's been a lot of change in the marketplace. Um, in terms of how drug is obtained um, and how drug supply is managed. We've also had COVID in the interim, which definitely snarls the supply chains. So can you provide some insights and what you feel are some of the essentials that all hospital and health systems owned and associated dispensers should have done by now? Yeah, great. Thanks for the question. This is Joe Mackey, again, Vice President for Pharmacy at Novant Health. And I can take a first pass at this question. So the last five or six years have been pretty dynamic for all of us. Uh, for all the, the reasons you just mentioned there, Jalan, uh, from 
the the COVID pandemic to all the continued challenges we see in the uh, pharmacy supply chain. Pharmacy leaders, procurement managers, compliance officers continue to be challenged every day, meeting all the various regulations, requirements, and operational needs we have across pharmacies in the United States. On the DSCSA front, um, the last real big milestone we, we had was about five or six years ago when the last major um, change or, or compliance requirement went into place, which is you know for pharmacies or dispensers, when we were required to do things like accept and verify uh, the T3 information when it came into, uh, when, when product came into our pharmacy. And, and as you mentioned at the top, uh, do things like only trade with authorized um, providers or manufacturers of medications. Over that time period, many of us in the health system space, in the retail pharmacy space, the ambulatory pharmacies, were uh, working very quickly on a variety of implementation challenges and, and had deployed a lot of different solutions, everything from really good paper filing systems to in-house scanning systems to working with vendors who had automated solutions to either accept this information electronically or provide electronic warehousing. And I can speak personally and, and for a lot of my colleagues out there, we did a lot of work around that time period, kind of got things stable, got our policies and procedures really you know, well-tuned, well-oiled, maybe did one or two things around auditing and, and then kind of just set it and forget it for a few years. And now here we are in 2023 and all of a sudden there is a, a gigantic compliance timeline or deadline uh, facing us in November. And a lot of us haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about DSCSA over the past few years. So you covered already a few of the, the major changes that we can expect in 2023. I think the, the most significant piece that all of us on the line need to be aware of is that our as a dispenser, we need to be prepared to receive this information electronically and, and do uh, some very specific activities when product comes into our pharmacies to ensure that it is labeled correctly and uh, respond if there are any inquiries about the uh, whether the product is suspect or potentially illegitimate, respond in a very timely manner, which really escalates um, the way we need to respond versus uh, the, kind of the, the latitude that we had in the past. Um, functionally, what you guys have probably seen over the past few years is changes to the barcode. So, um, now every barcode coming into the pharmacy should have um, the the 2D data matrix or QR kind of style barcode that includes uh, by 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 statute NDC and serial number lot next lot and expiration in both the human and machine readable format. Well, we need to not only validate that those exist in all of our products, but like I said earlier, need to do a couple of other additional compliance um, measures to meet the, the current version of DSCSA and get ready for the November 2023 requirements. So a lot of you are probably just picking this project up, maybe using this podcast to spruce up on what the requirements are. We're gonna get a little more detail today about you know, what you're facing here in 2023, but that's at least the journey uh, from my experience that, um, that we've been on the last five or six years. Ray, what would you add to my comments there? I pick up on a couple of things you said there. Um, and again, this is Ray Lake with MedStar Health. 
Um, I, I think that by now you should have determined if you're going to go with a solutions provider or vendor um, in this space, or if you're going to try to do this on your own, uh, working with your wholesaler. Um, another thing um, to pick up on what Joe said is just revising your policy and procedure, um, even if it's just taking out transaction history, <laughs> which was, goes away in, in November of 2023. Um, we found that that was one of the big edits for our policy. But, um, and, and then the training associated with that, just kind of rolling out training once you make a revision to policy, just kind of um, making sure you're on track to get people educated here if they're not already. Because uh, I, I think this did kind of fall on the back burner for a few years, and, and now we're kind of re reinvigorating efforts around it. Great. That's incredibly helpful, and I think it'll be really beneficial for a lot of the folks listening to this. So um, you were talking about partners and, and um, solutions providers as well. So a critical part of success with compliance around DSCSA is, is going to be how we work with our partners. Um, and as the, the laws kind of progressed over the past year, implementation has progressed, um, there's kind of been a recognition that there are going to be new partners necessary for some of the organizations to, to meet their compliance goals. Um, so can you maybe share some of your perspectives on issues that every hospital health system leader should be having discussions about with those partners if they're using them? Yeah, um, sure. So I'm going to refer to some things that are in the ASHP uh, tip sheet on DSCSA that was published uh, in January. Joe and I worked on um, a lot of the heavy lifting was done by Renee Mott, who was MedStar Health's resident at the time doing a rotation with David Chen. Um, so that document's out there and available. And so one of the things regarding, you know, working with your partners, the partners I see really are kind of three primary partners. Um, maybe four. Um, one, of course, is your wholesaler. Um, the other is, um, do you use a, any kind of inventory uh, uh, software? In our case, we, we use BD Logistics. Um, your EMR vendor is another partner. And then, of course, your tracing vendor, um, who is very capable of educating you further on this because they essentially live it. So some of the bullets from that um, tip sheet are, does, does your wholesaler uh, or distributor transact in serialized product? So, you know, that's just worth a conversation just to pick their brain um, and see how they vetted manufacturers they're working with um, and how prepared is the industry to move forward here. Um, another thing is, ask your partner uh, what they are doing to prepare for DSCSA compliance. It might be interesting for you to hear that. And, and in many circumstances, they've been working on this for years and they're um, you know, trying to get ready for the November date as well. And, and then kind of back to your own um, shop, are you prepared for full prescription uh, product traceability and secure electronic and interoperable manner. So what is your platform for um, receiving uh, the, the uh, trading documents going forward? Um, another question to ask your partners is what do your partners expect of you 
um, to be a, a good partner as we move forward. Um, you know, uh, do they expect you to have certain technology in place? Do they expect you to have uh, be working with a tracing partner? Because maybe that's something they don't do. And um, they want to make sure you are prepared in some manner. And, and so I mentioned the vendors. Um, we have had conversations with all of them. And really what I've tried to do is get them to talk to each other. Because I found those are kind of quite interesting conversations when our inventory vendor talks to our tracing partner vendor, for example. Um, and um, that some of that engagement has been most interesting. So wherever you could connect them like that, I think is also helpful. Great, Joe, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, if I could jump in on a couple of those things, Ray, I think you covered a really nice overview of how to be working with your partners and, and critical questions to be asking them. As a, um, a couple of things that I really wanted to double click on within, within what you described. The first is, as you look at your, your partner relationships out there, your vendor relationships out there, um, just reinforce that your DSCSA vendor or vendors, if you're, if you're working with multiple, can be just incredibly helpful resources to synthesize and apply what is kind of hard to understand sometimes legislative language or legalese that's actually in the FDA documents and other resources into what something actually means operationally. And so like Ray, I've had a lot of these conversations with manufacturers, with wholesalers, with uh, technology vendors like BD and Omnicell, and they've been very helpful in um, translating the legalese into plain speak. Like, what does this actually mean for us? What does that mean for our staff? And what can we take away from this to develop things like education documents, SOPs, and actual workflow changes to make sure that we are uh, that we are in compliance. So that's, uh, from my perspective, the most important way you can be leveraging these partners is to help yourself be uh, become the expert that your organization needs in DSCSA compliance. Those are some really great insights, and I think it's going to be really helpful for folks. Um, so I've kind of mentioned this before, but during the pandemic, uh, DSCSA was obviously not everyone's first priority, obvious, I mean, for his reasons, and that's, that is no judgment at all. But, um, you know, now that we're moving into a full compliance space, what would you all recommend that folks need to focus and then refocus on in the regulations to get, get themselves set up now? Um, can each of you kind of share what you and your organizations have been doing and, and then prioritizing as we get ready for this 2023 compliance date? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I think one of the things to get some support internally is identify a core team uh, internally that you can work with for compliance preparedness. And, and those team members may include, you know, members from pharmacy, of course, IT, compliance and legal. Um, in some cases, you may be educating people and you could draw on resources um, such as what I alluded to before, like the dip sheet to send them in advance of any conversations you may have. Um, another thing is assessing any technology needs you, you may need to procure. Is it scanners? Um, you know, how do you intend to do the verification steps? 
and, and talk to your vendors about that. Um, and, and again, as I've mentioned before, um, revisiting your compliance with current standards and determine where your position for 2023, meaning you know, reviewing your policy and procedure and kind of retraining people. I think that's a big thing. So, and, and as Joe mentioned briefly, potentially some audits, um, just to make sure people know how to pull tracing documents. You know, just assign your buyers to pull some tracing documents and, and see if they know how to go about doing it or provide some education um, for that. So they, they're uh, well-versed in the processes that they have. Great, if I could jump in and, and add a couple of things there. Um, the, the biggest thing that we've been uh, focused on, as Jill mentioned at the top, is November is as close to a hard stop as we can um, we can picture these days as far as actually being held to these standards. And we're not going to see any slippage or too much enforcement discretion like we saw with the last major milestone we had in 2017. So part of uh, my focus area has been ensuring that we've got the right level of urgency about this organizationally within the pharmacy team so that we can put the right resources into place and, and really execute the, the plan that Ray laid out there, which is very similar at my organization. The other piece that I would um, add to Ray's comments is part of our discussion has been what I'd call maybe right-sizing our operations or right-sizing our, our response to DSCSA. And what I mean by that is We've got within Novant Health a number of different kinds of pharmacies that interact and would need to comply with DSCSA in, in different ways. Everything from you know large tertiary acute hospital pharmacies where you're getting just uh, an incredibly complicated mix of you know wholesaler and direct from manufacturer, um, plasma biologic, specialty cold chain products that come from all over the place at different times of the day and all are sending information in different ways that, that we have to keep track of with, of course, the usual staffing challenges that everyone's facing these days in, in pharmacy. And so that team really needs one kind of DSCSA solution to support their compliance. Um, we've got some folks in the middle, you know, smaller community hospitals, complicated infusion centers that have a mix. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, some pharmacies that are like 99 plus percent wholesaler, pretty much everything comes from the same place at the same time every day. Everything's pretty straightforward. And a different kind of solution and compliance operation could really be the right option for them in a stat, in, you know, in, in a team where the buyer may also be the IV technician and also the med listing technician that day, depending on the kind of operation it is. And so we focused on understanding like what are the core things systematically that we're going to do in the background to ensure we're compliant with DSCSA. And then how can we make sure that that solution is best aligned with the complexity and the needs of the different teams in a very complicated system like Novant Health? I think that's all really, really helpful information for folks. So just because we kind of talked about a lot of different things, and I'm sure there are a couple of people listening now who are a little nervous, uh, maybe you guys could distill down into kind of your top three recommendations for folks. And we can start with you, Ray. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I, my top three is things I've kind of alluded to is revise your policies and procedures and retrain your staff. 
I, I think this needs to be moved to front of mind. Um, you know, we got a lot going on in 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 November, right? We got USB 797, 800, 795, the So there's a lot of things, um, but you kind of need to rein that in and, and you know do some targeted training for your people. Um, another thing I, I think you should do, as I alluded to, is have a conversation with your wholesaler and your DSCSA vendor if you haven't done that yet, um, just to understand what they're doing for you and um, so you could work together seamlessly going forward. The third thing is we've probably heard of this terminology, GLMs, um, um, and make sure you have them <laughs> and learn how to obtain and manage them. Because I do see that going to be somewhat of a, a challenging if you're completely new to that topic going forward. Um, we've worked with our GPO to obtain our GLNs, and they are also providing us with education on how to obtain them, which I think is very helpful. So um, those are probably my top three. Ray, I, I got to ask you, can you tell us a little more about GLNs? So um, these are the kind of the node identifiers for your pharmacies within the DSCSA supply chain. And what we found is um, our, our GPO had hundreds of them for us. And all I did was request them and I got an Excel file. Saw that where the gaps were and now they're educating us on how to get them. So then I provided them to our tracing partner and they said, oh, thank you. These are gonna be very helpful for us. Um, now, um, I've not had that conversation yet with our wholesaler. This is fairly new information I've obtained. And so I wanna likewise see if our wholesaler has used GLNs and if not, you know, provide them. Um, so definitely something to become educated about. And um, I think uh, there are some, some training resources out there. Yeah, super helpful. And, and I think really highlights the critical changes that we're going to be experiencing in, in the supply chain are only just starting. DSDSA is, uh, is, is, was established by Congress to help digitize and bring the supply chain in the 21st century. And a key part of that is going to be the interoperability that we will need to have, you know, true insight into, um, again, suspect products, potential diversion issues or counterfeit issues, um, which will really, you know, increase the safety of the supply chain. And I think create a lot of potential new value streams and how we interact with manufacturers, handle things like recalls and shortages and, and lots of other really interesting innovations that are going to be uh, developing over the next few years. So thanks for helping educate me a little bit more on GLNs too. Um, John, if I could, if I could, I'll take a little different approach to the top three uh, tools. And Ray, I think he described um, great ways to to sharpen the saw. If you've been in the DSCSA game for a while and really hone your expertise, and if you're new to this and using this podcast to to um, educate yourself uh, because you're either in a new leadership role or or just trying to understand more about DSCSA compliance to be a better pharmacist or pharmacy technician. Um, hopefully you don't feel like you're, you're all the way in the deep end here. I'll say, you know, part one 
ACHP has some terrific resources to begin to familiarize yourself with the DSCSA requirements as they exist today. And uh, more importantly, what they're going to look like moving forward. As Ray mentioned earlier, uh, with Brene's help and a few other folks at ASHP, we were able to do a, a revision for, for 2023. And so those documents should be fresh and ready to go. Uh, the second thing I'll mention is, uh, again, to reinforce what Ray said, your your software vendors, uh, your, your manufacturer partners and wholesalers are going to have some great education resources as well. So um, I use those to really part two, educate yourselves on what um, what compliance looks like, what your what your obligations or responsibilities are. Um, and part three, I would recommend is find some friends. Um, a lot of folks have been in this game for quite a while. Uh, a lot of people like like Ray out there who um, have years and years of accumulated DSCSA experience that are always willing to, to offer a, a helping hand are going to exist in communities, networks throughout the country. So be very intentional in seeking out those colleagues that you're working through other operational problems with and bounce some ideas around, have some conversations, see what's working other places. Uh, because frankly, we're all trying to figure this out. There's no one size fits all as I was describing a minute, minute ago, even for an organization like ours, we're doing different things to make sure we're compliant with DSCSA. And so the more you can understand from others who've already, you know, figured a couple of things out or or partners who you can ideate with, uh, the, the more help you'll get in meeting these uh, these requirements in 2023 and beyond. Well, thank you both. This has been such a great conversation. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. So again, thank you to Ray and Joe. Um, their expertise has really been invaluable and so important as we discuss preparation for the new DSDSA 2023 requirements. Find more member-exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises and teams, and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the at ASHP official podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.